slip in my headphones, Charles. Turn it up. Hello, listeners. <laughs> we made it, man. I can't believe we finally got to this moment. This is yeah. uh, This is really exciting. This is a huge moment. Huge, huge moment for huge moment. Huge moment for you personally, yes. for our friendship. Dare I say it? Even me. Yeah, I would say that it is a pretty big moment in your life. So, congratulations. Um, hello everyone, welcome to the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Uh, my name is Charles, and my co-host with me today is none other than Dylan Marsh. Yeah, Say something to the, the friends names. at home. <laughs> well, the last name's out there. There's no hiding anymore. Yeah, There's plenty of um, Dylan Marshes out there, and no one knows it's you. Yeah, I mean, thousands. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. We've yeah. put a lot of thought into doing something like this, and uh, now we've actually put a little bit of behavior into doing it. I know. I kind of feel like being like, "Hey, let's we're making a podcast." It's almost kind of like an embarrassing thing to kind of um, tell people. But you know what? We've been talking about it for a long time, and I really think we found the right niche that we can actually contribute valuable uh content to as opposed to just <laughs> rambling about nothing yeah i mean we definitely would never try to make a podcast where we ramble about nothing no not us never <laughs> um so no one knows who we are so just right off the bat uh have you done the math on how long we've known each other for i think we were neighbors like 20 years ago, in like yeah. second grade, we were neighbors, like living mm. down the street from each other, which I didn't realize I have known someone for that long. It's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's so. been a long haul, I would say. So we've probably known each other since then. I would say I was actually a little closer to your brother, Chris, at first than I right. was to you. Yeah. And since you guys are twins, actually, I got closer to you, Charles, l- later on. Like, but you know, five, six years later. Yeah. A key moment for our friendship, though, was when I was in fourth grade, my birthday party, I was having at one of these arcades. And then I was going to invite Chris, but I wasn't going to invite you because we didn't know each other that well. It wasn't (laughs) a personal thing where I disliked you. I just didn't know that guy Charles too well. (laughs) And then your mom called my mom and she said, you can't invite Chris without inviting Charles. So you got the big invite to my fourth grade birthday party. Got to play some free games. And Always nice now when your us. mom calls for you. So that's how I've achieved a lot of success in my early education. So <laughs> yeah, I figured. Yeah, well, you know, we we had a good run for sure, and in high school we hung out even more. I would say, and um, mm-hmm. college as well. It wasn't until like the past 
five years maybe that we moved into separate states, which explains why, you know, we're recording this remotely now. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and Marsh is way over in the state of Colorado. So uh, we uh, just figured out the technology to do this. We're not pros, so if there's any issues, uh, too bad. We're, we're still learning, but <laughs> we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Um, I like how you went defensive there instead of saying well i just know it's not going to be perfect we're trying (laughs) i thought you were gonna be like let us know and we'll try to make changes and yeah i mean that stuff too let us know but also don't get too upset because we are trying Uh, so (laughs) i can take it send the send the hate mail about the technological issues to me and we'll figure out how to get hate mail set up that's on the to-do list uh, so we'll get that going. So yeah, we've been friends for a while, and I, I'd say what's unique about my friendship with you, at least, is that there's not too many people I know that I can talk to extensively about fantasy books and fantasy series. Uh, definitely not to the extent that we talk about them. And I, after all these years of like sitting around having these long conversations like man i wish we like had recorded some of these because i really feel like we had we made some really great points that no one's really talking about in the in the greater world of uh, fantasy criticism yeah i would i would agree i'll say that i don't i don't know there's not really many people that I interact with on a day-to-day basis that I feel I can talk fancy with. And it gets to the point where, since we don't live that close anymore when we do talk, I almost feel starved for right. fantasy connection. I know. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, I love, I mean, I love Harry Potter. I love Game of Thrones. I love Lord of the Rings. Those are all some of my favorites. But, you know, who do I turn to to talk to uh, about Brandon Sanderson or Joe Abercrombie or, you know, the, the latest fantasy book? Like, that, that's a very, very limited group of people. And you are um, definitely at the top of that list. So um, definitely makes sense that we're doing this now. Yeah, I appreciate it, and <laughs> I definitely feel feel the same about you, Charles. I almost feel I am really eager to just vomit all my fantasy novel takes all over you when we do get the chance to talk, so I hope more consistency uh, will mean yes. that we can be more composed when we're yes, chatting. Yes, and that's something that you guys can look forward to. We're just going to be vomiting all over each other, all mm-hmm. kinds of good, chunky uh, material yeah, getting there with we're, the imagery. we're working on. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot. So um, projectile, if you will, is something you can expect from us in the future. And that's the whole point of this. We just wanted an outlet to... <laughs> to <laughs> vomit? Yes, to vomit metaphorically to each other, back and forth repeatedly um, on, a mm. regular, on a regular basis. Just to, And it also kind of keeps us on our toes, keeps us current with what's coming out. We'll be trying to read all the latest stuff but also cover a lot of the classics too of modern fantasy and and um yeah we're just looking forward to having an outlet to to just enjoy each other's company and focus the conversation on our uh, love and appreciation of uh fantasy stories yeah nailed it charles nailed it i i felt good Mm -hmm. about that
Yeah, I felt really good about it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I guess, how do you want to start this off? Do, should we? Did we do enough introduction? Should we just go to the next? Should we just talk about like fantasy stuff now? Yeah, I think, I mean, no one really cares who we are, probably. Yeah, I mean, what uh, yeah. else is there to know? We're two, we're two, we're two friends, and we're gonna talk some fantasy. I mean, you get the gist of it. Yeah, I mean, they probably could figure that out by the title. It's amazing that we've probably droned on for like ten minutes to just get across <laughs> what they learned reading the that's, title. That's true. So let's um, like we got the friend part down. Let's start to roll in some of the fantasy elements of the of the of the show. Yeah. Uh, so I guess what we should first talk about, one of the things we decided we wanted to talk about was just to kind of kick things off was what got us interested in the world of like fantasy books, stories, series, things like that. And I couldn't think of a better way to start than to Mar share your experiences of when you first were like, I am a fan of these fantasy like stories. I, I need more. I gotta, I gotta get more of that. Cause I don't think I really know this about you. I have my guesses, but I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm curious to see what you say too, but I'll get started. I'll say I was relatively late to the fantasy game. I started to really get into it when I was in college. I'm in my we're both in our late twenties now. Mm-hmm. Charles in his especially late twenties. Wow. And <laughs> Yeah. And then I I would say some of my, you know, when I was a kid, I I did read some Harry Potter and things like that, but I was not like a fantasy fan. I'd say I started to really get into it when I started watching Game of Thrones, which is probably the most common way, I would guess. That's what I thought, because I kind of remember that moment when... uh... Not to not to speak for you, but I do remember because we were hanging out a lot this one summer, and I remember very vividly you were starting to watch Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. you like then like binge what was there, and then read through the books, and I was like, okay, this is good. I'm excited to that this kind of fantasy world is getting adopted by you because I'd been pushing Game of Thrones on people for years and years, so I was glad that you could be someone else to to kind of jump on that train. That was a great yeah. time to be a Game of Thrones fan. Like peak, it really was peak I magic. I believe I got into Game of Thrones between the third and fourth season, ah, which was just peak. an absolutely yeah amazing time to <laughs> start watching that show. And as I pretty much got to the Red Wedding, and then that one episode after it, and then pretty <laughs> soon the fourth season was coming up, and That's awesome. I mean. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> so uh, I'd say that I I think I I didn't really notice that I was I think I kind of always had liked fantasy stuff, especially like the medieval type setting, and I actually really liked Final Fantasy Nine, which I played mm. before I got into Game of Thrones, and I was yeah. like, this is really really cool, and that's <laughs> that's got a an interesting balance between fantasy and almost steampunk type setting and i think yeah though game of thrones was was the big one that turned me on to it and then the yeah i also want to give a shout out to the 
the Chathryn Voyage series was, I think, the oh. the second fantasy series that I read. That's by Robert V. S. Reddick. And I don't think I've I, read that. No, I bring that up every once in a while, uh, but I'm never, I never super hard push it on anyone because I think. It, after reading some of the Game of Thrones books, I was like, oh, I should try something different. <laughs> and you remember we used to go to that. I, I, we should probably plug that site, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, plug it to our and zero they, listeners. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's like, that was a good, that was a driving force for me for a while. I just, I was like the friend, I don't want to, fantasy, topfantasy.com. I don't know. You look up, you, yeah. you type best fantasy series into Google. It's like the, one of the first ones that comes up. Yeah. Which is how we found it. Yeah, so I'd go there, and and this Chathryn Voyage series wasn't in the elite tier, but it said something about how Game of Thrones fans would like it, so I was in. And <laughs> yeah. then I I remember, th- I think this was actually because if I I picked up a bad book after Game of Thrones, I think I could have very easily been one of those people who's like, yeah, I like fantasy because I like Game of Thrones and I've watched the Lord of the Rings movies, but right. not go any further than that. But that I read a series that no one had really heard of, and I was just enamored with it. I was reading hundreds of pages every day, and I I finished, there's four books in that series, and I finished it in probably a, a couple weeks. And my reading habits don't look anything like that anymore, but I just felt like I was in that world. And <laughs> I... I love those books. It's hard to know how they would age. I think some of it was like, now I look back and I, I can see some things that were a little tropey that felt new to me though. And at the, at the same time, I think they're, they're good books and I, I definitely recommend them. Yeah. Not, yeah. I am. That's on my, my hit list. Uh, I gotta check, I gotta, I gotta check those out because I've never, you've, you've brought it up a couple times now in conversation and I always forget that that was like one of those early, uh, influences for you. I should definitely read that. Uh, me, I had my story starts a little earlier. Um, it was definitely when I was in like elementary school. Both of my parents are like super avid readers, and um, they like I remember very clearly. My mother was the first one to mention Harry Potter. Like when the first book was like coming out, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna like this book. It's called Harry Potter." I'm like, "Whatever," but and then it like exploded. So I was always like, "Okay." She, She's on the front of it. So, you know, I read all those books growing up. I'd say in my younger years, I was reading those, like, young adult books. And I was trying to think of, like, the ones that really shaped my kind of interest in fantasy series. And the two that came up for me was um, The Giver, which I would consider fantasy. Hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of kids have to read it in school, and I got I, I just remember reading it when I was really young, and that was kind of my first exposure to all those young adult novel tropes, like uh, the the whole idea of a utopian society, and then like the kid who gets all this greater knowledge and like kind of rebels against it, and that was like a really powerful book for me. I read that multiple. I would read wow. that multiple times. Uh, huh. It was just I really think I used Spark Notes on that one. <laughs> it's worth a read. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be worth it now. It's like such a um, 
like it's a really light quick read and you might just be like yeah whatever this is obviously for kids but at the time it was really cool another one that i remember i don't remember anything about the story at all i don't even remember a single main character but i remember almost all the book covers was for this young adult uh, fantasy series called del Toro quest have you ever heard of that not at all it was like maybe 10 uh really short you know chapter books it was a fantasy series about this troop that were trying to get gems to fill out a belt and at the end of each book they would get a gem and then the last one you know completed the belt and i guess they beat the bad guy i honestly don't remember (laughs) but i remember the books they had you know i remember the covers the covers were badass and i was like googling them in preparation for this episode and i was like oh my god these i remember all of these these were so sick and um apparently apparently it was also like an anime that would aired on cartoon network like five years ago or something i I don't know but those were the two early early ones like i also read the hobbit but i would say another like renaissance i'm all in fantasy moment for me was uh, the lord of the rings movies uh by far and i know that's like a really like bandwagony basic person thing to say but i i flipping (laughs) I love those movies so much. I watch them once a year for, for the past, like, you know, how many years has it been now? Like 15 years. It's so, they're so good. And I've just was always like enraptured by them. And I immediately read the Hobbit and all of those books. And that's what got me into game of Thrones actually, because I yeah. saw the commercial and I saw Sean Bean in it. And I was like, okay, they're basically telling me, Hey, Lord of the Rings fans, watch this. Because we've even got Lord of the Rings people in it, and so that's how I got into it. I watched it um, as it w- as season one was airing. I was watching it. I had no idea what it was. I'd never heard of Game of Thrones, and it like that also blew my mind. Like when the end by the end of the first season, my mind was totally blown. I was like, "This is um, this is like fantastic. This is like Lord of the Rings, but like w- really like so much more." down to earth and like intense and just awesome and uh, I was in love with it so that's kind of what kicked off my whole love of fantasy for me and then from there it was just you know going reading all those going to that website to googling the best <laughs> fantasy series reading through all of them just absorbing all of that material and it's uh, no looking back since for sure that's kind of my early uh, introduction to the world of fantasy yeah, well, that's that's awesome. I knew the Lord of the Rings movies were going to come up for you, oh, and you sure. actually were the one to first show me all the Lord of the Rings movies right before <laughs> our New Zealand trip. Right, so I, could I think, know where it, we, I were think going. we should have mentioned at the top that not only have we known each other for over twenty years, but we also climbed Mount Doom together. That's true. Like we made that pilgrimage. We we went halfway around the world and we fucking climbed Mount Doom. We did that. So if that adds to our street cred, which it should, that's just another example of, of how deep this uh, this uh, connection goes between this, our fantasy friendship, as they say. Yeah, and and no joke, you almost died. I did almost die. That might be a conversation for another day. But what happened was people were just like the people above you. If they loosed a rock, the the hill was so steep. Don't spoil it. it. 
that yeah i almost got killed by a rock but we can tell the story <laughs> later we can tell the story later i'm i am a fine but at the time it was scary but that's another day you know you don't just as you know from the movies you don't just casually stroll up to the top one does not simply walk into mordor and, and climb to the top of the mountain you know you have to put it's in true. Some sacrifice so um Yes, kudos to the Lord of the Rings and Sean Bean and for getting me then into Game of Thrones. It was just a, a very interesting how it all played out, and it was all calculated by HBO to, for me to do that. But you know, it was it was great. It was a great idea by them to get me into the show and into fantasy. Yeah. So, were you reading fantasy between when the Lord of the Rings movies came out and then Game of Thrones premiered? Were you staying in touch with it? I wasn't reading any of the modern fantasy stuff, but I was burning through a lot of the stuff in my parents' library. I was reading all the young adult stuff, so I was reading Harry Potter. Like I was going to the midnight release parties at Barnes and Noble to get Harry Potter and read it. You know, I read Del Toro Quest and Hobbit, and I read all the Lord of the Rings books, and I read you know all these other stories, but nothing in the uh, like modern fantasy world it wasn't until i read george and wanted more that i then read like sanderson and abercrombie and those guys but i didn't get until that point until post game of thrones but before that i was reading like all the young adult stuff and i read a ton of those books um but nothing really strong came to mind for me besides like The Hobbit and like The Giver. Those were two ones that I really enjoyed and then all the other ones. I read a lot of science fiction also, but no, fantasy, as we are going to talk most about, like the modern stuff was all post uh, season one of Game of Thrones. That was the big drive. Yeah. I didn't know the giver would get a shout out today. That was definitely a, a big I surprise. I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, I would consider that a fantasy book. And that was the first book that I read that I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like pe- people with powers and, and like society, you know? So it was, because <laughs> you know, all these young adult books kind of hit the same tropes, but that was like, if it's, that's the first one you're exposed to, you're like, whoa. It's just like blowing my mind, <laughs> but it's been written a thousand million times before. But as a kid, when it's the first one, it can it can be pretty impactful. Mm. So was that Mr. Borland or Mr. Bosley that turned you on to that one? I think I was reading that well before them. Um, I mean, that was like seventh grade. I was reading these books yeah. way earlier than that. Um, I think it was like... Ele- I, I remember in Borland we read some other what's her name Lois something who wrote those books. I'm, okay, we're not ex- I'm not an expert on these books. Okay, but that we read other books by that author, and I remember being like these are fine. But I just think like it was right timing, right place for the giver for me to read it to enjoy it. But I agree, Lois Lowry. Yeah, I agree that was a a wild pick, but it's true. We're talking like yeah. first, first. And people should know that our seventh grade English teacher, Mr. Borland, was in Sons of Elvis. <laughs> yeah, we should um, give them a shout out too, I guess. We just did. <laughs> yeah. Sons of Elvis. If you like they 90s, could probably... um, 90s grunge, I guess, poppy grunge that never actually became poppy, like hipster 90s grunge, it's like where you, just where it's at. 
is is poppy grunge a genre? <laughs> I I get. I mean, I guess that's how I would describe yeah. it. But well, people should look up Sons of Elvis and see their English teacher was in a legit band. I think they had a song that charted. I mean, yeah, they were on like some of Jimmy Stewart's late night shows. Am I saying that correctly? John's. Yeah. The guy from Comedy Central. That's John Stewart. John Stewart. Okay, yeah, he was on John Stewart's late night show a couple times. Wow. I've seen the YouTube clips. Me but too. Just to get a sense of what formed our literary futures, um, the kind of people that were involved. He was the lead singer was uh, was one of them. So yeah, shout out to that, to him and that band. Yep. So one of the things that I wanted to make sure we chat about that I was thinking about when we came up with this topic was when we said what what got you interested to fantasy. I'm kind of interested in what is it about fantasy that interests you that's a good question and i've thought about that like i i know lots of people in my life who like read almost exclusively like nonfiction and articles and stuff and for me i i can't really be bothered i i, I just love the idea of like taking elements of humanity and characteristics and actual characters and and putting them in these fan, fantastic stories taking elements of society and like using things like dragons and magic to exponentially increase the stakes of it i just i just find i get a lot of value out of um all the the themes of fantasy and the whole idea of just these completely new worlds that you can really sink your teeth into and as someone who's read books like nonstop, and who's like seen like every movie and played tons of video games just like like reading every story uh, fantasy is one of those few genres you can just really sink your teeth into it's like hey you like these characters well buckle up because it's like a seven book series that's thousands and thousands of pages long and it only builds and gets bigger and the characters change over time and for me there's nothing like that in any other genre or style of writing i think fantasy does that best real character and story that you can really dig your teeth into i don't know what, what do you think well, as you're talking about that, I was like, oh, no, he's going to say the same thing I was thinking, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, and we've never really talked about this before, mm-hmm. and that's why I wasn't prepared to have a, a very different answer than you, but <laughs> I I was thinking about it, too, and what came up big for me was that idea of telling stories that are still about humans and human nature um, I'm, i have a psychology background and that's right <laughs> yeah it's good we mentioned so, that some of your yeah. credibility yeah um and i am super interested in people and human nature and questions about that and i feel like that the stories i i, I liked and still do like best in fantasy they're still about people and human nature but you can put those people in scenarios that you could never in 
our reality and right. by They're doing that bogged you can... down by like the bs of like oh why didn't they just call him on his cell phone or whatever it's like in this world this is and like this is how society's structured and that kind of shapes stories and it's interesting to see how different characters different psychoses kind of navigate those those uh elements of the the world and the magic systems and all of those things it's really interesting to see and every book is so different yeah i mean i think a few things that and it's not just the that people can't call each other on on cell phones and stuff it's the limitations but also the things you can add to the story so i was thinking what what are good examples like this i was thinking we've got a Mistborn episode coming up. So, uh, and yeah, there's a tease. <laughs> yeah. So then I was thinking in Mistborn that you have this character, the, the Lord Ruler, who is basically a force of nature, like a considered a god, but almost the way that they speak about him in the book, it's like, you can't stop there's a great quote but i i don't have it i remember that's like you can't stop the lord ruler he's he's like the winds or the mists because mists are just part of the nature in that world too so seeing him as something even just like the wind or the sun where he's still a person but he's also a force so you've got this thing where uh, characters can want vengeance against him because you can't really want vengeance against the wind but he still has the gravitas of being a force of nature i'm like that's that's really cool Uh, yeah it's super interesting and then you also have moments like in another sanderson book i read where you uh uh, where uh, you have a character who he is a god but he was a man originally and he kind of still has memories of being a man and he doesn't believe in himself as a god so you can kind of like that's and the character's written in such a way where it's like you could empathize with him of being like this is all kind of bs like i'm not really a god i don't have any magic powers i'm just the guy who by sheer chance got put in the situation where i'm now worshipped as a god and like i feel kind of like a fraud and that's kind of that psychosis that you can really get into. It's a really interesting hypothetical kind of thought experiment that is what makes fantasy like a really interesting read when you, when you find the right author and the right story. Yeah. I mean, the God with self-esteem issues is, (laughs) I mean, that's straight out of the Brandon Sanderson world building generator. And I say (laughs) that lovingly and I mean, things you can explore with that. You just, I mean, you can explore self-esteem issues or whatever in the context of this or, fantastical yeah. elements. And yeah, it's, yeah. And when they're grounded in this kind of reality, like Mistborn is, there's like a, there's like a, I don't want to talk too much about Mistborn, but you know, the magic system <laughs> is very rooted in almost like a scientific theory. And it brings, you know, it's those kind of elements you like in science fiction and fantasy, you can't really get in like a, like a James Patterson detective novel, which those are good, but you know, it's for me, it's just, I want a little more meat on the, on the bones. You know, I I need to, I want to really dive into a character 
and I really love these crazy situations they get into in, in fantasy stories that you can't get into anywhere else. Yeah, Patterson taking a shot out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I've read a couple. They're fine. My dad loves them. He reads them all. He's probably read all of them. But for me, it's like, come on. How many like super cool action heroes can you write before you need to move on to something else? At least for me. Yeah. So I mean, should we there's... talk about... You, you can finish that thought. But I do want to talk about our, our gateway fantasy discussion. Oh, I do want to get into the gateway fantasy discussion because we've we've talked about like our our gateway kind of experiences, but that was kind of more into the world of fantasy as a whole. But what I really wanted to to get into was our discussion of like gateway fantasy into like from when we went from Game of Thrones to blowing through all those other fantasy series. And I was I was curious because I think I know what you're gonna say. I think you know what I'm going to say, but I would be very interested for you to go first to kind of say what if someone wanted to go from like, hey, I liked I loved Harry Potter. I loved Game of Thrones. Most of it. I kind of want to dabble more into the nitty gritty of modern fantasy. Like who what directions would you point me in? Yeah, well, I realize now that we might be doing our Mistborn show a little early, but that's that's my right. <laughs> that's my recommendation that I always give out, and it's not that Mistborn is just what I like. I think the best book of all time, or anything like that. Um, but I love it. I see it as a litmus test almost, where if you if you read Mistborn and you don't like it, I've I mean, of course you can try more, but I feel okay that you might be able to say, hey, maybe I, I'm just not into fantasy. And right. if you read Mistborn and you do like it, it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of what you'll be seeing in modern fantasy, I think. And uh, it's got that hard magic system, which we'll get, maybe we'll get into the right, hard, that's a whole soft magic system distinction when we have our Mistborn episode, but it, it's it's got a lot of I think what you'll be seeing while still having enough of a twist to it to not feel like what I see as old school high fantasy, which would be something like going as far back as Lord of the Rings, but even something like Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. And I think if you come out Mistborn and you don't like it. Maybe I'll have a specific recommendation for you, getting a sense of what you do and don't like. But I also think, okay, we might be finding this person's not a fantasy fan. Right. And I also want to mention, I do want to mention that I, I try to give specific recommendations to people based on if I do know them pretty well, what I think they'd like. So I, my first recommendation yes. to our close mutual friend, Evan, Evan Doctor Evan, Doctor Evan, yeah, uh, I recommended that he read *The Magicians* first by Lev Grossman, and the reason I recommended that was because he was in medical school at the time, and I was hearing his stories about just spending all day studying and how stressful it was and how 
just worn down he was by it and it sounded so much like what <laughs> Quentin and, and the others did he um, did Evan read the magicians trilogy he did he read did he the like first it? book yeah he liked the first he didn't read the second book but he read the first book and I think it actually did really resonate with him because of how they make magic into something that you get ridiculously smart people to study just a preposterous amount and then maybe they can do really minor stuff and I think that made sense to him as someone who was in medical school and like we're talking about Mistborn and look it's no coincidence that the next episode we're going to do is probably going to be a discussion on Mistborn because both of us share that similar similar philosophy in that Mistborn is kind of a great um foundation level to kind of get a sense of what you like and don't like about fantasy and for those that don't know Mistborn is a is a really popular trilogy it's three books by an author named Brandon Sanderson who's a very prolific author author in modern fantasy and he actually recently in the past couple of years signed like a multi-million dollar movie deal we'll see what comes of that but he is one of the more um, prolific and certainly respected and certainly um, best-selling authors of modern fantasy he also wrote the last couple books of wheel of time which anyone who knows that it's no news and anyone who doesn't know doesn't know what wheel of time is it doesn't matter so moving on from that Mistborn. Um, was my obvious first choice too. I knew you were going to say it. You knew I was going to say it. And I, for pretty much exactly the same points, like in terms of like sword and sorcery, modern fantasy, Mistborn is just a really great rock solid example of that. It, and it, it's not too hard to read. Like he doesn't use a lot of heavy um, vocabulary he doesn't get too nitty-gritty in descriptions it's very very readable it's not like you're jumping from a game of thrones harry potter into like even something like lord of the rings which has very flowery prose and or something like malazan which is super intense it's like look this is almost almost like a movie and how it reads it's got lots of action the characters are very um you know movie star like kind of qualities about them and it's it's a really quick read it's a really satisfying read it's got great twists and turns it's got a satisfying ending it's 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 like a pretty solid like if you like swords and sorcery you're and you're probably gonna like this and if you don't then there's very few fantasy books far enough removed from any of those themes that I would be hesitant, I would recommend. I don't think there would be much. So that's why I think we're both on the same page with Mistborn in that respect. And we will, you know, we figured because it's our gateway story, that's going to be our gateway uh, review. So that's something you can look forward to in the next episode. But yes, that's my gateway. The other one, which you also said, which upsetting is the magicians hmm. <laughs> i love that series a lot it's one of my favorites and i always recommend it because when you know when harry potter came out we were the target demo right and then you talk to people now and they're like 29 and they're like oh i love harry potter i'm always like well have you read the magicians the magicians is like harry potter hmm. for a 29 year old <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like harry potter for adults it's a beautiful series. It's n has it has swords and sorcery elements, but it's a very modern. Like it's totally removed from that. They're very different settings. Mistborn and magicians very different. 
So that's kind of why I have both of those in my back pocket as like ready to go. Hey, these are the two that you may not have heard about that are well-established and really good and two different kind of worlds of fantasy. And they're both really fantastic. And if you don't like either of those, then you're you're hopeless. I don't know what to tell you. But <laughs> you at least should like one of them. I don't know. They're both really good, but at least one of them. You should walk away with being like, that was... Worth my time to read, which is one of the highest praises I give a book these days. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, you said a lot. I, I really liked what you mentioned. I, I forgot to mention this about Mistborn, which is the satisfying ending. And I think it's so huge that when you are recommending a book that's a part of, I mean, most great fantasy books, not all, of course, are part of series Mistborn is no exception there, but it totally works as a standalone. So if someone is the type of person where they'll finish the book, but they can know afterward, hey, maybe this isn't for me, I feel confident that they can depart after exactly it's Mistborn, also good to mention that like Empire. look it's not like nine books with another six coming out that will take 20 years it's like no it's three books they came out years ago that's done they're, they're like there are other books in that world but that story is done and it's established and it's you can read those three books and never read anything else and you'll have the whole picture so that's another huge reason. Like, there's so many great series out now, but they're not finished. So it's like, hey, I don't want to recommend someone reads a 12 book series. It's like not like it, you're kind of tone deaf to pe- people. Like, what? Why did he recommend this thing that's gonna take like a year to read when I could just you know read something a lot faster and shorter? So that's why I also pick Mistborn and the Magicians for that. They're both three books. It's not like two crazy like harry potter's longer so i think it's a good a good start for anyone even if you're not like a really strong reader because they're relatively shorter yeah and the prose is is so straightforward yeah i know sanderson speaks about prose in uh, as being similar to a, a window where what he wants is look you can have this really fancy uh, window with uh, like stained windows and things like that or, uh, uh, and uh, those are really good looking and nice but what Sanderson wants his bros to be is a very very clear window through which you can see the story and I think his prose really fits well with that where I think you said it's like watching a movie sometimes right. Mistborn I feel like is like playing a video game and <laughs> it would be a it, great video just, game yeah and it's just very very easy to get absorbed into because you actually in some ways are benefited by not having those moments where you're like whoa that's such a good turn of phrase because while those moments are cool they do remind you you're reading a book and you're not going to get that from Sanderson but there's also not going to be anything so bad in his prose that you have the other problem right because you know you there's people out there who just will say oh Malazan's the best series ever but mm-hmm. I would no way recommend that be someone's first experience with fantasy because it's Definitely so long not. and so um so br- 
it's so demanding of the reader to kind of understand what's happening that I don't want to, you know, sour people's tastes. And I mean, we both love, I don't want to take this from you, but we both love Abercrombie and <laughs> we can, we'll have many episodes where we talk about him, but you know, he's kind of like a fantasy writer's, you know, author, you know, he's writing for people that have already read a lot of fantasy. So although it's like really like he twists the tropes and things. And so it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, he's great, but I wouldn't recommend him to start either just because he's for when you're more familiar with fantasy tropes and the genre, but Mistborn, it's like, I, I just want to entertain the reader with a good story. That's kind of the whole point of this whole thing. And it's, and it delivers on that as far as I'm concerned, which is, why I recommend it and I mean the same goes for the magicians it's a lot heavier uh, but it's still entertaining but in a, in a much different way it's definitely more of a thought-provoking piece but they're both good examples of concise stories with modern prose it's designed to be very readable and serviceable and it's it's no surprise that both of them have sold insanely well over the years. So highly recommend those as gateways, and we'll, I'm sure we'll cover both yeah, in the very near future of the show. Yeah. I mean, you know that if, if I'm asked my favorite author, I usually jump to Joe Abercrombie, the mm-hmm. author of the First Law trilogy and Age of Madness, which is his new continuation of that. And yeah, I totally agree with your points, though, about I would not think to recommend that as an early introduction into the fantasy genre, because you're, you're not going to pick up on the things that he's subverting, and because of that, you might even be disappointed, I would think, in some ways, where a veteran fantasy reader will say, oh, I can't believe he did that. That's amazing. I never saw that coming. Right. So, uh, you know, let's turn it back to the audience. You know, all those fantasy fans out there, what would your gateway, uh, <laughs> what would your gateway fantasy books be? Write them in the comments. Don't say Harry There's... Potter. Don't say uh, Game of Thrones. Don't say Lord of the Rings. I... I love how you're alluding to some comment section that doesn't exist. Like, not just in the sense that there's that the podcast is just starting, so there's no comment section. It's like there's not a comment section to the to a podcast. Like, there's reviews. We're gonna start a dialogue, okay? It's somehow we're gonna post to YouTube. It's happening. Yeah. This is for the YouTube audience, but for the people and other things, send us an email or something. I don't know if you're listening at all, which no one should be. But if someone (laughs) is, let us know. At least just be like, hey, I listened to this. That alone would be really special to us. So It would. And for the record, when you're saying no one should be, you mean (laughs) yet. Not in general, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I think the content's good enough that people would listen to it and like it. But no one should be listening now because it's not created yet, and no one is going to listen to a series that only has one episode. You know, all that kind of stuff. But you never know. The true fans will. The true fans will. So congratulations to the true fans. Leave comments about your gateway fantasy book recommendations. Um, 
and a five-star review. And a five-star review and download it on all your devices and tell your friends. And, um, yeah, that's a great place to segue into our next conversation. Um, what should we talk about next? Do you want to talk about... Um, do you want to talk about what we're looking forward to? You want to skip ahead and just talk about that, or is there something else you want to want to uh, do? I'm up for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the one of the things we wanted to kind of end on this introductory episode would just kind of be what are we looking forward to in the world of fantasy books uh fantasy movies tvs just fantasy stories in general uh marsh have you uh put any any thought into it i'm curious to to see what you're looking forward to yeah well i'm not sure i took this as like what what things are going to be released in the future necessarily Mm -hmm. i took it as just broadly in my own interaction with the fantasy world. Okay. What am I looking forward to experiencing? Some of it is, is stuff that's coming out. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about Joe Abercrombie and he has this new trilogy that picks up 30 years after his famous first law series. I read the first book already and right. I believe in September is when we can expect the second book in that trilogy. When did the and book that just when did the book you just read come out? Last September. So oh, it's okay. So he's really cranking it, them out. He's already written all of them. Ah. So they just have it on a release schedule. I think it's literally one year after the You know, first. I res- I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. Like write I mean, it all in the front and then control the release. That way you don't have someone reading the first one, like falling in love with it and then waiting all these years to finish yeah. it. Yeah. I, I like it too. I mean, it's a luxury for someone who's had the kind of success that Abercrombie's had. Sure. I think a, a lot of these people need the paycheck, so they got to crank it out. But when when you can write as quickly as Abercrombie can, and he's he's not as prolific as someone like Brandon Saracen because no one is and he is also someone though who who gets the gets the job done in a reasonable amount of time so he he was able to still have things moving it seemed like and get this out and so I think uh, that there's just there's no reason why the books aren't just going to come out now last September this upcoming September and then the one after that. So I'm, I'm just super excited. And the, and Charles, I, I do recommend of course a full first law reread, including the standalones before you dive in, but it's so good. I would, I think I'd go so far as to maybe say better than the first book, the blade itself, the first book of the original first law series. Wow. Although, yeah, and I won't say any more than that. <laughs> and then other stuff I'm looking forward to was stuff that I, I'm i just looking forward to for me to do. Uh, one is getting to the part in the Malzahn books where it picks up. 
<laughs> yeah, let me know when you find it. I uh, don't want to upset any Malzahn fans out there, but uh, we've both attempted to read it. <laughs> you're well, doing, I, you're I haven't given the good fight. You're still fighting the good fight. I've kind yeah. of moved on to other things. I'll come back to it, but... Yeah, you're going to lose our... <laughs> the only fans no if you like malazan please hear us out you know we we're only two books in okay so we know all about how it switches around by the third book or fourth book or whatever it supposedly turns into the most amazing fantasy series of all time okay we're holding out for that but well, charles let me tell you what <laughs> i really respect about malazan fans lay it on me about what you feel about malazan fans that I respect them so much. <laughs> and here's why. And and I, I'm actually not, not joking about this part. I I think that they're at least willing to acknowledge it's slow at first. And I think there's is a double edged sword because to some extent it's like, okay, you're convincing me to read like two thousand pages before <laughs> you're telling me, oh now it, it gets good, where if they weren't saying that, I think if you're not really enjoying the first 2,000 pages you read of a series, you're almost definitely <laughs> not even making it that far, but you're dropping it at least by that point. And I think, so I'm nearing the, I'm in the last 100 pages of the second book now. Oh, and yeah, you passed me a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. And I... I mean, I'm going to close it out. I'm going to start the third book. There's there's nothing that's going to stop me. But I, I definitely see what I think a lot of the Malzahn fans acknowledge, which is at the start, it can be slow at times. And, and I'm honestly confused at times and forgetting characters <laughs> and having to go back to that, uh, what do they call it? Dramatis Personae, is that how you pronounce it? The the list of the characters and who they are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this magical thing that all the Malzahn fans say happens, which is that it suddenly becomes the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> I do and... have respect for anyone that has read those first couple books <laughs> and is very has a very strong idea of what's going on. <laughs> like, if, if you are like super understanding of the lore of Malazan, you have a higher reading ability than me and I don't say that often but that's one of those <laughs> books that was definitely challenging me as a reader like that I haven't been challenged like that in a long time so mad yeah. props but my fear like I'm sure it's gonna get good but there's this little part of me that's like is this Stockholm syndrome from the like really small percent of population that's read that much I mean, it's sold a bunch of copies. It's been in print for forever, but I am almost afraid of people just like having to feel like it's good because they spend all this yeah. time trying to figure it out. And they're like, wow, it's so complicated. I love it. And, and then they just kind of that whole inception moment of being like, it's complicated and cool. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid, but yeah, I got to well, see what psych. it's all about. <laughs> in psych we call that cognitive dissonance it's mm. basically that you put you, you engage in some sort of behavior and because you already did something 
like let's say read 3000 pages of a book you just start to believe based on that behavior that your beliefs actually align with <laughs> the behavior you engaged in so <laughs> Why would I read 3,000 pages of something I don't like? I must like it. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's... Uh, a possibility. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say that's what's happening to Malzahn fans. Cause no, no. We won't know for sure until we've read it all. <laughs> well, we won't know for sure even after, but... Maybe we'll uh, we'll fall we'll, victim we'll have to an it idea. too. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> We're not immune. But I'm hoping it's... with our with your psychology knowledge, we can um, identify when it's happening to us. <laughs> What's amazing about psychology knowledge is that how hard it still is <laughs> to recognize <laughs> these things. <laughs> I definitely have moments where I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting my PhD in psychology. How am I not like, how did I not notice that this was happening? <laughs> and How am I not more well adjusted by this point after all this psychology training? I'm glad you said it. <laughs> well, uh, for me, uh, let's see. In terms of books, I'm definitely looking forward to finishing out uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> let's read. Let's get Winds of Winter out. Let's read it. Let's you know get the next book out and let's finish it. Let's close it out. I have a strong feeling that the books are gonna hit the same plot points that the story does, but it's going to be so much better. It's gonna Agreed. be super epic i almost wish i hadn't seen that last season of television so that these twists and turns can play out in the books with the with the kind of space and attention they were meant to have but this series was game of thrones was a great series but i'm looking forward to the meat of the of the books in that respect so that's top of the list and i'm sure we're gonna have a whole game of thrones discussion in the future so we'll table that. But Winds of Winter, I'm ready. Let's do it. I, he's had enough. George's had enough time to write it. Let's just let's still take your time. But like, let's go. Let's go. Um, the next there was is, news that he was working more on it. Give me a since break. the quarantine yeah. started. Working more on it, like he's starting to like he's he's held up in his house. He's just kind of staring at the the computer, being like, I could write that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on any more press tours. Uh, let's see. So that George taking so some George, heat too. Let's let's go with the, with the winds of winter. I'm ready. Um, uh, like Patterson and George Charles, you're gonna make enemies of like two of the biggest authors of <laughs> in the world. I I love I love George Martin, man. I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan. I'm just ready. I think the world is ready. So you just call him George Martin. Put some respect on his name. I know. Throw all those these, R's in. All these famous fantasy authors with the R's in the middle, you know. You have, yeah. Um, you have the Harry Potter. Uh, no, no, no. Rowling doesn't have. J.K. Rowling. She's got an R in her last name, but <laughs> that's, not in the middle. That's, yeah. You have Tolkien. That wasn't though. a choice. You have Tolkien. Yeah. He's got the R. J.R.R. Tolkin. Yeah. And George. If I were to ever write a fantasy book, I'd throw some R's in there, for sure. Would you? Oh, my my middle name's actually got an R, so yeah, I feel so like you're already I'd be justified. Set. But yeah. you know, authors tend to develop the, the 
pen name, so mine would definitely be my name, but I would put RR in the middle just because I feel like it will help sell books. Charles R.R. R. McLaughlin? Yes, that would be it. Um, yeah, I got to get your last name out there. <laughs> the other thing I'm looking forward to is everyone knows I'm a big Lord of the Rings uh, fanboy, and the series, it will come to Amazon eventually. And I'm very excited for that. I have no idea what it's going to be about. I'm sh- All the news is out there, but I'm excited for that. Uh, same thing with the Wheel of Time on Amazon. They're mm. really trying to find that next that next Game of Thrones series, and I'm excited. I hope they do all all the fantasy series, all the fantasy books get get TV shows. I I would be very interested in watching it. So Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings on Amazon, big ones, and these Mistborn movies that are supposedly happening that may never happen, but. Hey, I'm I'm ready. You know, this is this. I'm rereading the the series in preparation for our next episode, and I'm really digging it. I think it would be perfect for um, for the show to see those movies. So, looking forward to that. And that's the top of the list, man. I, those are kind of my looking forward to. It's a lot of TV, but I'm a bit I'm a big TV guy. Yeah. That's the wheel of time is definitely on mine. I've never read the book. So I actually, it's good. I was thinking of saying even reading wheel of time as something I was looking forward to, but you know, one gigantic series at a time. <laughs> I, I'm not going to yeah, double up Malazan wheel of time first, and Malazan. But I enjoyed Malazan. I really did. Uh, and uh, you're I'm... backtracking now. We're ba- oh, I, pff, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed Wheel of Time. Oh. We're nearing the end of my uh, my um, attention span here, so yes, we're, I enjoyed Wheel of Time. Malazan, I gave up on, but I will go back to it. I just had to, I had to table it; it was too much. But I'm ready for more Wheel of Time, and the show should be good. So I'm looking forward. To well, that. I think if we're doing a looking forward to it section of this podcast then we are i'll have to be the one we're doing it yeah we're already deep in it yeah i i have to be the one then to say doors of stone which is the third book of the king killer chronicles by patrick roth i haven't started it yet i'm waiting for that to come out because i know i'm just gonna like burn through them and i don't want to have this gap you know i want them all fresh i want to read one and two and three. So I've been waiting for that to come out for a long time. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I they're definitely great books, and I'm far from the first person to say that. I think he's got the. I find it to be the best prose in the genre, and yes. I he's one that I definitely do find myself when I'm reading it. I'm like, oh wow, that that is an amazing turn of phrase, and. They're they're good stuff. I Patrick Rothfuss has taken a lot of heat for how long it's taken <laughs> for this third book. Uh, I'm not going to load on to that right now. I'll just Man. say that I look forward to it when it does come out. Look, it can't be easy to be doing. And that's a couple of fantasy authors kind of are like that. But I I feel like it's unfair to be demanding of having them stick to a release schedule and we're talking about these epic stories with lots of threads to them like i'll wait but 
I've, that's one. That's a good one. I'm glad you said that because I haven't read any of those books yet. I've been waiting eagerly because that's kind of my philosophy on fantasy. I prefer to read ones that the end is in sight so that I don't get to that point and then have to wait years and forget about it and stuff. So I, I just get more out of it when everything's fresh in my brain. So I've been just kind of holding because it was like I feel like that was supposed to come out. Like uh, so many years ago when I was looking it up and I was like, I'm going to read this when it comes out. It's like, oh, it's going to come out soon and it never happens. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I'll definitely have to reread. I think it'll have been enough time for me where I'll I'll I think I need a little time between (laughs) rereading where I'll really enjoy and have forgotten a lot of stuff. So it'll It'll be a great time to reread it for the for the show. You know, yes. we haven't we have a good reason to go back and and revisit all these series as they become relevant in the world. Yeah, well, I'm excited for a lot of I think that that'll be interesting. We're, we're both rereading Mistborn now for preparing for our upcoming episode. And That's right. it'll be, you know, both of us reflecting on a book we we know we both already like. So I think that something that'll be really interesting is when we start getting to some stuff that either neither of us have read or uh, one of us has read and the other hasn't so you get to kind of right stuff we haven't actually talked about before so yeah fresh conversations will be really exciting because the ones we both read we've talked to death but it will be interesting to look at it on the reread for some of these like Mistborn. yeah well yeah Thank you for those of you that have listened. This has been the first episode. How you feeling, buddy? I feel great. I think this I mean, went good. I mean, it's it's on the longer side, but it's good. And you know what? For a first for a first episode, it could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah, I I thought flowed pretty smoothly. I think it was easy to fall back into some sort of natural rhythm of talking to my friend about fantasy that's right nothing quite like friends talking fantasy together there's nothing uh, like it nothing quite like it and i'm fortunate that we were able to share this moment together and i feel fortunate that we were able to share this moment with you the listener so that is episode one getting in the books uh you know in the books in the books we're gonna go Put ahead and uh, get some get some outro music. Oh cranking. yeah! What'd you guys think of that intro music? Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the comment section. That doesn't exist. Put it in the comment section. I really like the intro music. It took us a long time to find that. Yeah. So uh, that's good stuff.
now that they're gone, turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turn it up. It's about as loud as it gets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah. I'd... Oh, I'm going to stop recording now.